Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. Today's interview is with Rachel Gilliam. Rachel is a digital marketer, an Enneagram 3, and an advocate for health and wellness. Today we are diving in on when life feels heavy. And while our topic is serious, I may or may not have had to take a couple of breaks to cry, it's so good and Rachel brings so much wisdom. We also jump in on balancing physical and mental health and a little bit about the Enneagram, obviously. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. So good. Rachel, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like I should be thanking you for having me. I'm so excited. You're so sweet. So uh, I feel like I intro every episode this way, but I found you on Instagram. (laughs) And (laughs) um, I actually like found you when you were like walking through a kind of difficult season Um, so your episode topic is kind of heavy. Like, I just want to like say that out of the gate. Like we're going to talk about hard times and like where God is when life is hard. Um, and that's heavy, but also gosh, there's just so much good and so much victory. Um, and so I feel like it's like the tagline for your episode is like, life is hard and things happen, but like God, but God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's like literally where you can leave it. (laughs) Yes. So I would love to open for you to just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your story just to kind of let people get to know you. Yeah. So again, I'm Rachel. I am a digital and brand strategist, big wellness advocate. Um, Over on Instagram and on my blog, I share a lot about my life and my story and saying that things have been heavy. (laughs) Um, for lack of a better word, would be like putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, just a really, I guess, interesting life and story. When I was 20, I was diagnosed with a bone marrow disorder. Ended up having a bone marrow transplant. My birthday is next month, so I will wow. be five in transplant years. And then um, about almost two years ago, my husband was diagnosed with a really rare form of spinal cancer Mm -hmm. and passed away in September. So Mm -hmm. when I say life has been heavy, it has been just that. And when you said, but God, I Mm -hmm. felt that in my marrow because Mm -hmm. he's literally the only reason why I'm still, still smiling these days. Yeah. I'm like not a hundred percent sure I'm going to get through this episode without crying. I'm going to be totally honest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I cry a lot, so that's okay. Okay, good. We can just cry together. So when your husband was diagnosed with spinal cancer was when I found you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so I I feel like I got this immense honor of watching you walk through treatment and then eventually handing him over to Jesus, like through Instagram, obviously. But I mean, it was incredible and it was challenging. And I mean, it continues to be because I think in a season when it would have made sense for you to question or be mad at God, which not to say that you don't 
haven't done those things, but you have continued to praise him and honor your husband's life. And it's been like, it really has just been so beautiful. Thank you. It's been, yeah, it's been a crazy couple of years, but I, I grew up in my faith. And even though, you know, you go to high school, college, you sometimes sway and do your own thing. I think that being rooted in faith has been a huge part of being able to like stick close to God and seeing like who he is at his core, which is a faithful and loving God. And it's hard when you like hear people, um, talking about how good God is, or I got this new house, praise God. And you're like, cool, my husband has cancer. So mm. what do I like? It's hard to continue to praise God because we're praising very different things right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, we're praising completely different things. That's man, that is poignant. Like that, what I'm praising God for is healthy kids and you know processing through like marriage stuff and like oh my gosh marriage is hard but like you're praising God for like in that season for like another day with your husband like that is that's um perspective (laughs) the thing is is that grief is so weird and I think grieving as a believer grieving death like it's it's so weird because it's not linear it's not this straight upwards trending line that you get more and more okay um yeah back in august i lost a friend who was like a brother and it was really one of the first times that i experienced true grief and i learned in that season that one day i would be fine i would just be like thinking of pleasant memories of him and like celebrating his life and then two weeks later I'd be like on my closet for crying you know so um for people who like are or have or eventually will like experience grief like what are the some of the things that you've learned about like grieving a loss yeah and I feel like I'm still so I mean new to grief it was it was less than six months ago Mm -hmm. but it's been it is a roller coaster. Like when he first passed, you, you just feel in this, I hope this isn't the wrong word to use, but like relief, like he was so sick and every single day, like he, like in the last months of his life, he had brain bleeds, he had strokes, he had seizures. Um, he had like his, he, his lungs stopped working, his heart stopped working. He had to get um, a pacemaker. Like it was just so traumatic every single day. Mm-hmm. And to know that we have like an eternal hope and healer and that he's walking with him. My husband was um, a quad paraplegic at the end of his life. He could not use his, any of his limbs, feel, uh, move anything. And to know that he's literally running with Jesus, mm. you just feel this sweet relief. But at the same time, you're like, damn, I, I really miss him, mm-hmm. you know? So it is this like, it's a complex where there are days where I'm just so sad and in my feelings about, you know, having to live the rest of my life without my best friend. And then it's almost like this glimmer of hope that like, I do have the hope that is Jesus and I'll get to see him again, but it doesn't make it any easier um, from my, like from my perspective, I won't put words in someone else's grieving journey, but it does gives you a hope and a perspective that all of this is so temporary and, you know, puts it all into 
just reality that heaven is real and that mm. we're all we're all going to get to go there one day and experience true healing and freedom. Yeah. And he was an athlete, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a D1 athlete. He played yeah. football at Purdue. I thought so cuz I like I know I know that that was kind of something that you said about like that you know, he was a quad paraplegic in the end and he is like fully restored and like getting to like run with Jesus. That is the the brother friend <laughs> that I lost was um he was in a lot of pain. He had like really severe. He had like multiple back surgeries. And so uh, um like losing him but knowing that he was fully restored. I think that even I I've actually had conversations with people who have lost friends or loved ones who weren't hurting in the end and even those people can say the same like they aren't like their loved one isn't contained to an earthly broken body anymore so it's like not even it's not even medically specific it's like they don't like everything is perfect like they get to be with Jesus and would we love them to still be with us like yes a hundred percent but yeah not to like keep telling my own stories but my uh daughter had a 35 minute seizure when she was one um oh my goodness and ended up going into respiratory failure and I don't think I've actually even like talked about it on the podcast that much but it was very traumatic and um you know she was intubated and then like a medically induced coma and all of this kind of stuff and that oh my goodness. um taught one of the things that I literally heard God tell me and teach me was wanting heaven for people more than I want them here on earth like how that impacts loving people that I can love you open-handedly that I want heaven for you more than earth yes and that's hard (laughs) like especially with people that you love like your best friend you know like your husband I don't want to think that way but I think it's an it's an incredibly separate way to love people. Yeah, and I think it also relates back to just how limited our perspective is on heaven. You know, mm-hmm. one of Joe's closest friends, and I, I carry this with me literally every day. I think about it every single day because I had to make a lot of hard decisions in the last days of Joe's life, and I was like, did I make the right decisions? Did I do the right thing? And um, I didn't even hear him say, he said to my mom, and then my mom repeated it to me, but he was like, we would be selfish to keep him here in mm. this broken body when he can be healed and whole in heaven. And, you know, mm. like, I literally keep that in my heart every second of every day because I, I second guess, do the right thing. And I like, and it would be, it would have been selfish for me to keep him here, mm-hmm. like hooked up to a breathing machine, something that's literally keeping his heart beating. And he's having constant seizures. He, you know, like God was like, okay, I'm ready for my guy to come home. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, no, (laughs) like it's selfish. I I couldn't do that. But I would have in a heartbeat if I didn't know better that heaven is the ultimate goal. And he's getting to experience it a little sooner than um, I think anyone would have wanted. But what a sweet experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. I've gotten in the rhythm in interviewing of kind of when I talk to people who have lived a part of life that I haven't, who have experienced things that I haven't, I call it like handing them the mic. 
and kind of just letting them share with people who may be in a similar season. Like if you got to like sit down and like grab their face, like of someone whose life feels heavy right now, like what you would want to tell them. I would say to stay your course and on your path. Cause I know when I was dealing with my own sickness, I was 20, you know, mm. I was 20 when I was diagnosed. I was 21 when I had my transplant. So you see people like my 21st birthday, I wasn't drinking. I was like <laughs> having a mocktail with my family because if I moved too much, I would probably pass out. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't exert a ton of energy. And, um, so you can easily play the compare game of why am I sick and this person is it? Mm. Or why is this person being healed and my husband is it? You know, and things like that. But you have to stay true to like your journey, your story, and to what God is doing. I always talk about this, but God is moving on our behalf constantly. I know that with every yes and every no, like if a closed door closes, like God is protecting me for something. Mm-hmm. And I I keep that close with me because it's easy to get down when, you know, something doesn't work out the way that we want it to, but God is in the nose, just like he's in the yeses. So mm. we have to look for him there. Dang, preach girl. That's <laughs> yeah. And I think that that like is applicable to anyone, like, especially in the difficult season, like not looking side to side, like staying in your, like the lane that God has you in. And then that like very clearly like translates into like when life is good, like when life is normal, like the easiest way, I think I just was talking somebody with somebody in an interview, the easiest way that the enemy gets us off off course is by distracting us with what other people have or are doing or aren't doing you know and that like but especially in a season where things are hard and they feel heavy like that God is in that like I think we forget that God is just in that as in that if not maybe like a little bit more like maybe just like extra God just like wrapping himself around you like I know this is hard but I've got you you know yeah and I think that sometimes we need the reminder too that God hurts with us you Mm -hmm. know like when things don't work out the way that we want them to, or we're grieving, or we've lost someone or something, or any situation that you're in, God's not taken by surprise, and he's not this mm. far-off God that doesn't, like, cry and hurt with us, you know? Mm-hmm. As much as, as happy as he was to have Joe home with him, he still sees my pain, too. hmm Yes, Absolutely. This episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast is sponsored by Magnolia Inc. Apparently, nobody knows that I make my actual dollars by doing brand and website design work. So I figured, hey, why not sponsor my own podcast and get the word out? I am obsessed with having the opportunity to come up beside dreamers and entrepreneurs and create a brand and an internet presence that will eventually be the foundation their business can stand on. So if you have an idea or, I mean, if you have an existing brand or site that you hate, you need to give your girl a shout. You can find my portfolio and how to get in touch at www.magnolia-inc.com or you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can chat about what would be the best fit for you. You can find me at the girl named Blake. On with the show. So... I 
am pretty much obsessed with the way that you use your platform. Like if that hasn't already been like made abundantly clear through this interview that oh my gosh, you, <laughs> you like share, you know, these like real, real life, like the, you didn't have to be open about like your journey and like everything that happened with Joe. Like you didn't, you didn't have to, like you could have just kept that to yourself. And I think that people would have understood that, but you chose vulnerability and openness. And another thing that you're really open about, which we're kind of like taking a left turn is like health and wellness. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you recently posted about some changes that you've made that you God is walking you into kind of like honoring your physical body and your mental health. And it was so good. I like bookmarked it to like come back to when I swing too far one way. Um, so I'd love for you to like kind of tell us a little bit about like what God's teaching you about margin and like actually practicing balance. Yeah, I am really bad about extremes. Like mm-hmm. I am either like all in drowning in like guacamole and <laughs> like donuts or I'm like, I'm vegan this week. I'm working out two days a week. Like I am such an extremist and it's something that God has really been working on me and not even just for the past couple of months, but the past couple of years. So that post was talking a lot about where I was probably probably like a little over two years ago. Um, I was a Beachbody coach. I like had a following for like fitness and I worked out a ton, constantly weighing myself, measuring myself. Um, And not that I was like restricting myself diet wise, but I ate really clean. I had probably one cheat meal a week and then usually worked out before or after it. Just like this not healthy Mm-hmm. state of mind for me. Some people, if that's how you want to live your life, like I'm not here to judge, but mm-hmm. I was missing out on a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was a nightmare to be friends with too. Like <laughs> people didn't want to have me over because like we're not eating organic tonight, Rachel. Sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> I was truly a monster. And so I've I've lifted those limitations quite a bit with the help of God because I um, I'm a person of extremes. I'm on one end or the other, but I'm really focusing now of being in a place in the middle where I can go with my friends, have a couple drinks, have a good time, and not feel like I'm this like failure of a human being because I quote unquote like broke my diet. You know, mm. that's just not how it works. And that has been really good for my my mental health as well. Cause when you're living your life so restricted, you're just, you can't be happy. Like, and I think that goes for everyone. Like you can't genuinely be happy trapped in this prison telling you what you can and can't do versus just living and feeling and doing what feels right. You know? Yes. Yeah. I'm learning a ton about that right now. Just like what it means to actually be a healthy human being and not in like 2019 Instagram definitions, but actually a healthy person. And that like, And again, and you touched on that it looks differently for different people, but because I think you said in your post, like for you being healthy is like staying away from gluten because it jacks up your body. You know what I mean? Like I don't do great with dairy because it, my stomach is like, no, thank you. Please don't do that again. So like making good choices, like honoring your body and like knowing what it needs and what it doesn't. But then also like you said, like not being a monster about it. I'm I am a person of extremes as well and so I'm either only drinking smoothies and working out all the time or I have like 
donuts for breakfast, Chick-fil-A for lunch, and pizza for dinner. Like, there's no, like, I'm, yeah. so it's, like, <laughs> learning to, like, land in the middle is hard. Like, balance is hard. Um, so, like, what are some of the ways that you've, like, done that, like, actually implemented that in your life? That's a good question. I think if I'm at home, I'm very um, fortunate that I live in a house that has like healthy food, it's a healthy environment. So I'm pretty much in control at home. And I try and stay in control also with like, and I say I'm privileged because I live at home with my parents and they're mm. healthy too. So that, that helps also. Um, but when I'm in control, I want to be just like that in control. But when I'm out with my friends or if I want to have a good time, it's okay to like let your hair down and, and live a little, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't want to get to my 30s 40s 50s and yeah I have a six-pack but I have no memories of my friends because yes. they stopped wanting to hang out with me yes or like I mean as a mom like we made it's Valentine's Day today like when we're uh recording and like made like little like you know heart-shaped pancakes or whatever and my four-year-old was like mama you like you're gonna have some and like you know what yeah yeah, I'm going to have a heart-shaped pancake on Valentine's Day with my four-year-old. Like, yes. that's okay. And not having to turn around and work out even harder today to, like, punish myself for having a pancake. Yeah, like, and frankly, it's a lot easier, I found, to just love your body as it is and accept it than to spend every waking moment like hating yourself and like thinking about all the things you wish you could change like I'm just a happier person now that I'm like I don't really care I just want to live my life and healthy does look different for every single person and it looks different for me every single day like Mm -hmm. sometimes going to the gym and drinking juice is my version of healthy and sometimes it's staying home with a glass of wine and not having any human interaction like it just depends oh my gosh yes 100% because we're like we're human. We're constantly in flux and what we need is constantly changing. And so like today, like I'm really tired, like I'm about to start. And so like, I don't need to go like kill it in the gym today. Like that's okay. And I think that, I think like I, I said earlier about like punishing my body for having a pancake, like that culture has taught us that, that like exactly what you were saying that we have to punish and hate our bodies for it not looking the way that we that even like that it maybe would be in a healthier state that if I don't love this body why do I think that I'm gonna love it in 50 pounds yeah you know what I mean like I'm if I don't learn to love this body I'm gonna get to this like mile marker or whatever and still be able to find things to hate about it it'll never be enough. You know, you have to enjoy where you're at right now and what your body's capable of. And I think, I mean, not to bring it back to Joe, but seeing everything that he went through and even being in my own health scare and not being in control of my health, because I was healthy back then until I wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt fine until I was diagnosed with this disease that left me so weak and had to go through chemo, all this stuff. So I know what it's like to be out of, out of control of my health and to see other people going through things. It's like, I'd be a fool to not be thankful that I even like have a body that operates the way it's intended to. Yes. Yes. And I actually posted on Instagram, like, I think like a month or two ago, this kind of like phrase that God had rolling, had rolling around in my head of, um, 
there are people who would kill for this. That, like, there are people who would kill to, like, have this, like, healthy, functioning body that can chase my kids and hold my two-year-old while making Play-Doh with my four... Like, that... Yeah. That if I... Like, that... What a heart of gratitude changes. That Mm -hmm. when instead of beating myself up for, you know, not having lost the baby weight necessarily, when I'm so focused on that... I'm completely missing out on gratitude for that I'm healthy and I'm able-bodied and I can go outside and go for a run if I want to. Like, gratitude, you know, like, I think that this has been a common theme through a lot of my interviews lately, that just gratitude changes everything. It And, and perspective of, like, your husband was a quad paraplegic towards the end of his life. Like, he if he had been able-bodied he wouldn't have cared if there were a few extra pounds on that body right you know and you know that you know you had to say goodbye to your husband and like I'm mad you know I'm mad at mine because he didn't put his socks in the laundry basket you know (laughs) what I mean like and that's not to say that like your day-to-day struggles with the people that you do life with aren't legitimate and that's not to say that like wanting to lose weight to be healthier isn't legitimate but it's about like where your heart lands on it yeah I would definitely agree. And I started keeping a daily gratitude journal probably like right in the thick when Joe was sick. And it does change everything. And you hear that all the time, that gratitude changes everything. Gratitude, everything starts with gratitude. But when you actually implement it, you're like, oh, there's a reason everyone is saying that because it's true. Yes. It's one of those things where you like almost wish it wasn't such a popular like catchphrase because it's like lost some of its potency. Where, like, you want to, like, yell at people, but no, for real. Like, when I say gratitude changes everything, like, I mean it. Everything. (laughs) Like, for real. (laughs) I am keeping a gratitude journal as I'm, like, watching my husband, like, lose all of his, like, capacity. Like, and I'm choosing, like, gratitude is still changing that. It, it does if you if you let it in and if you really like take the time to think about like like I said like what God is doing versus what he's not you'll find yourself to be a much happier person even if life is heavy yeah especially when life is especially heavy. I know yeah especially when life is heavy so last thing we're both Enneagram nerds yes <laughs> so what are you on the Enneagram I am a Three, almost like a textbook three actually it's really <laughs> yes oh. what did you think I was no I thought you were a three but it's interesting okay. when people are like hard like their textbook their number you know what I mean like do you think you wing either way I would say that I wing to a two on occasion okay yeah. maybe not a textbook three because I definitely have some helper in me but when it's like just me and the amount of work and pressure I put on myself like it's three it's it's really bad (laughs) (laughs) well and I'm an eight so like female eights and threes are my favorite thing in the whole world yes and we like (laughs) I swear we just find each other yeah (laughs) female eights and threes are just like they just gravitate to one another because they're like oh power (laughs) (laughs) we can rule the world together (laughs) yes a hundred percent do you like being a three I do. And you know what? I think that learning more about the Enneagram and like my typing, where I go and health and stress and even like my wing too, I've just learned so much more about myself. Mm -hmm. And 
honestly, like it's really helped in my like self-love and self-care journey because I get why I am the way that I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even like when I go into a six or a nine or even like very unhealthy extremes of threes, I'm able to like check myself a lot quicker Mm -hmm. and bring myself back to like a healthier state. Like, yes, I'm an achiever. I like to get things done. That's not my identity. And I don't have to be this like checklist monster. Yes. I like people. So like people that are in my like normal life, they make fun of me because of how much I talk about the Enneagram, but it legitimately, and I mean this in all seriousness, it changed my life. Yeah. It really did. It taught me how I've, as an eight, and I'm sure you as a three, I have spent a majority of my life convinced that I was too much. And it is, God has used it in my life to teach me that he created me exactly the way that I am. These are some things that you could probably be better about, but these are the (laughs) things that you're really good at. These are the ways that you further my name with your eightness and it's been this incredible tool that God has used to like teach me to not hate myself. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because I, I, I did struggle with feeling like I'm too much or like not enough. And Mm -hmm. just being unapologetically me is something that I have really not been great about until like last year, Mm -hmm. which is sad that I've like, I'm 26. I spent 25 years of my life pretending that I'm someone that I'm not. And I'm a very loud in your face kind of person. <laughs> and I sit most of my life like I wish I was quieter. I wish yes. I was like, nicer and softer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a soft person. No. I'm loud <laughs> and that's yes. okay. I always say like my best friend is a nine and she is a she is a soft, safe place to land. She is home. And then when somebody isn't nice to her, I am her backbone. I am <laughs> No, you need to stand up for yourself. This isn't okay. Like, yeah. People can't talk to you like that. And instead of being sorry for being that way, I realized that like, oh my gosh, if we were all soft, safe places to land, nothing would get done. And if we yes. were all like, you know, outspoken and confident, then like no one would ever relax. The Enneagram is such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ and that we were all created to be arms and legs and hands and, you know, whatever. expressions of christ in all of like these nine basically different ways and then it does like the enneagram doesn't put you in a box it's not you are only this but oh my gosh it's just been such an incredible tool for understanding myself better yes i yeah if you're listening to this and you haven't taken it let us be your spokeswoman (laughs) and do it if you (laughs) are listening to this and you haven't looked into the Enneagram, this has to be the first episode you've ever listened to because we talk I talk about the Enneagram constantly. Like people are sick of it. But like it changed my life. Like yeah. For the better. I understand my husband better. I understand my friends better. Like I react to things better. It's I could I mean I have done an entire episode about the Enneagram, but I could like talk about it forever. It's so Same. amazing. Um okay Second question is, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Good music. I, and I like all kinds of music, but when I'm just like down, I'll put on a playlist and just jam out. Like I, there's nothing extreme. I'm not like the person that if I'm in a funk, I'm going to go run six miles. I just need (laughs) some good music, probably a glass of wine. And you know, sometimes good company too. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy, I have a lot of really good friends that and I'm introverted too which is also always shocks people because I'm so loud and 
seemingly outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could spend a lot of my time by myself. Yeah. And so I have a couple of really great friends that I can call on and they'll come sit on my couch or I'll go over there and we don't have to speak. We can just be together. Yes. And so I'd say good company or good music are my yes. two. I love that. Um, last one is what is the last thing you watched on TV? The last thing I watched on TV was Vanderpump Rules. <gasps> uh, I'm such a Real Housewives junkie. I don't know if people know yes. that about me, but uh, like Real Housewives can pull me out of a funk sometimes. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. these people are <laughs> crazy. I feel she feels so good about yourself. So much better about myself right now. <laughs> oh man. And Lisa's the best. I, I think Lisa might be an eight. <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump or Rena? Yeah. Uh, Vanderpump. Okay. Interesting. I'm not a big LVP fan. Really? But I just think, like, everything you've heard about her being a sniper from the side and just, like, this, like, kind of yeah. a little conniving. Yeah. Maybe she's an unhealthy eight. Oh, oh, yeah, she's 100% an unhealthy eight. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we can agree on that. <laughs> yes, 100%. Now we're just, like, typing Real Housewife characters. It's fine. So to close this out, I just want you to tell people where they can find you and follow you and keep up with everything. Yes, so I am on Instagram, Rachel Simone Gilliam, just my full name. And then my website is rachelsimonegilliam.com. Try to keep it easy for everyone (laughs) yeah and we'll link to all of that in your show notes which can be found at confessionsofacrappychristian.com rachel thank you so much for spending the time to kind of share your story this was so good thank you for having me i i really enjoyed our conversation thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the confessions of a crappy christian podcast make sure you're subscribed to the podcast And you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.